thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We're so honored that you are all here and for the opportunity that we have to worship the Lord together. Thank you for uh, everyone who's here in person and thank you to everyone who's joining online. We're so thankful and we're so glad that you're here. And we just had a wonderful time over the past several weeks with our sermon series, Fake Jesus. And we're so excited that you're here. So if this is your first time with us, whether in person or online, uh, we, would, we would love to connect with you. We'd love to serve you and get to know you better. Uh, you can fill out a connection card at thenewlife.church, uh, thenewlife.church. That's our church website. And there, if you would fill that out, we'd love to connect with you and we'd love to serve you. Uh, our goal here at New Life is we want to love Jesus and we want to love like Jesus. And for us, that means serving you. That means connecting with you. Uh, so if you go to thenewlife.church where there's a connection card also, uh, at thenewlife.church, the connection card, we also have a spot on there where you can fill out prayer requests. If you have a prayer request that you'd like to share with us, we would love to pray with you about uh, your needs. So thank you so much for joining us in person and online today. Uh, I am really excited about this. So we are brand new in our location. I'm so excited about what God is doing for us here in our building. And something that we've been praying for is we've been praying for uh, God to give us some funds so we can do things like put up a sign on our building and get some things around, around the property. And God has been really good to us. Uh, we've been praying for quite a bit of money and a lot of money has come in. So we're so thankful for the generosity of God's people. If you're interested in giving, you can do so on our website. Uh, uh, or you can do so at by texting 84321, and you can find uh, our church logo there and set it up that way. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. If you're online, uh, if you would take a moment to just like and share this uh, so that other people can get a hold of God's Word. Mark chapter number 8 and verse number 34. And we are wrapping up today chapter number 8. Eight of Mark's gospel, and we've been in a sermon series that we've been calling Fake Jesus. We have, be, we have been debunking myths about Jesus because everyone has some beliefs about Jesus that uh, don't line up with scripture. So as we're looking at Jesus in his word, we are debunking myths that, myths that we all have. Uh, some of the things that we all, things that have been a help to me, things that I went into the text thinking, went into the scripture thinking, uh, hey, maybe uh, Jesus should always do things the way that I think that he should. Uh, or, hey, maybe Jesus should uh, just do everything that I want him to do. And we found from scripture that uh, he debunks some of the myths that we have about him. And today we are going to finish up Mark chapter 8 and verse number 34. Uh, the Bible says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's take a moment to pray and ask God's blessing on this time that we have in his word. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace in our lives. Thank you that while we deserve nothing from you, 
you gave us everything in the person of the Lord Jesus. And Lord, I ask that as we study your word today, I ask that as we, as we come to grips with the invitation that you offer here in this passage, I pray that we would consider it, that we would consider it carefully, uh, and that we would, we would consider it worth it. Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit as I teach your word today. I pray that you'd be with every single person, uh, both every person who's in this room and every person who's watching online. Uh, I pray that you give us all exactly what we need today. I pray that we would, that we would hear from you. Thank you for the truths that we've uh, sung about here. And Lord, I pray that you be with this time of worship as we study your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you, I'm just curious as we get started with the message this morning, how many of you are Apple people. Uh, you are Apple, iPhone, MacBook. Uh, you're, those, you're one of those people. Can I see your hands? Uh, I, see, I see some hands. How many of you are Android people? PC, Android. Let me see. Let me see if anybody's a PC, Android. Some of you are like, I do both. Uh, you're strange. Uh, so you just need to, uh, you need to be all in one or the other. But uh, all of us, all of us, whether you're PC, whether you're Mac, whether you're Apple or Android, uh, it doesn't really matter. Whenever we get a new device, whether you get uh, a phone or a computer or whatever you get, the experience, I believe, it's been a while since I've had an Android phone, uh, but the experience is the same. When you open up your new device, you open it up and all of a sudden there is a big, huge, long list of words that nobody ever reads that is called terms and conditions. Uh, it's called your agreement. How many of you have seen those? How many of you don't even know what I'm talking about? Uh, so you just, you go past it and it says either accept or decline. And basically what it is is when you get a new device or when there's an update or whenever you get a new app or whenever you just buy something that's, uh, that's, uh, expensive, uh, then there are always terms and conditions to your purchase. Basically, it says if you're going to buy our product, then you have to agree with these things. And most of the time, it's like 40 pages long, and none of us read them. We just say, I accept. Here in Mark chapter number eight, Jesus is giving some terms and conditions. Up to this point, Jesus has been, for the past several weeks of our study, we've seen that Jesus has been working and Jesus has been teaching in private. You remember a couple of weeks ago, a blind man who needed healing from Jesus came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you uh, to heal me. His friends brought him and said, Jesus, would you heal our friend? And Jesus didn't heal him publicly. Jesus took him to a private place. Jesus took time just for this one individual and healed him in private. Well, after he healed him, he told uh, this man that he had healed. He said, hey, listen, I don't want you to go back into town and tell everyone. Then last week, we saw how Jesus, again, in private, he takes his disciples. He takes his followers, those who were closest to him, those who were learning from him. And he takes them to a private place, almost on a, on a leadership retreat, where he gets with them and he teaches them some important truths. Last week, we talked about this truth that Jesus is God. That's what he revealed to his disciples. That's what he revealed to his followers, that he is God who became a man. He is God who became a man who dwelt with us. And while we are all sinful people, while we all fall short, Jesus is a wonderful savior who came to be with mankind. And he came to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He did that through his death on the cross. He paid for our sins and he was buried and he rose again. All of this has been in private either with an individual or just with his disciples, with his followers. 
But today in our text, Jesus gives an open invitation. And he says this in verse number 34, if you'll follow along with me, it says, And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also he said unto them. So that's really interesting. He's been in private, and now he goes through the effort of gathering a crowd. He hasn't been gathering a crowd up to this point, but here in verse number 34, he gathers a crowd. It says, when he had called the people unto him with his disciples, also he said unto them, he says, whosoever, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to be my follower, I have some terms and I have some conditions for your life. And I've got to be honest, as I look at this and as I read this and wrestled with this this week, uh, this is not an easy list of terms and conditions. This is not, uh, this is not, uh, this is not something that's easy to, to necessarily agree to especially with uh, the way that most all of us think. Most all of us would think uh, so singer-songwriter Billy Joel wrote a song in 1978, 40 years ago, uh, that said this. It says, I don't need you uh, to worry for me because I'm all right. I don't want you to tell me it's time to come home. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Go ahead with your own life. Leave me alone. Uh, he said, hey, I, you know, I don't need anybody telling me what to do. And that's the way that most of us think is I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I can, I can live my own life. I can run my own life. I'm the master uh, of my own soul. I'm the captain of my own ship. But as believers, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. And here Jesus is giving some terms and conditions and it doesn't sit well with us because a lot of times we have the myth about Jesus that he is a passive Jesus, that he is uh, like a seventh grader who has a crush. Uh, you know, maybe whenever you were in junior high and you had like a younger kid that had a crush on you and just drooled over every word that you said. And we have this idea about Jesus that he's just, he's just drooling over me and just, uh, hey, wh whatever. But here we see that Jesus says, hey, if you're going to follow me, I have some terms and conditions. So there's two questions that we're going to ask as we look into his word today. These are the two questions that we're going to ask. First of all, we're going to ask, what are Jesus' demands? What are Jesus' terms and conditions to following him? And then the second question that we're going to ask is, why is this important? Why should we accept them? What are Jesus' terms and conditions and why should we accept them? So let's ask this first question. What are Jesus's terms and conditions? He says, if any man whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. So that's, that's the first condition you see. The first condition is to deny self. Uh, that word deny self means to, uh, it means to abandon. It means to disown. Uh, like, like a person who would uh, disown a family member, he's saying, deny yourself. Now, I do want to note before we get into what this means, because this is a really radical statement. To deny self, that's something that none of us, none of us like. I don't like to deny myself. Like this afternoon, whenever I'm going to grill burgers uh, for some friends, I'm going to grill some burgers this afternoon. My wife made some Oreo dessert. It's going to be hard to deny myself whenever I want to eat 
right? Uh, it's not easy to deny ourselves. Now, but I do want to take a note before we get into what this means. I want to be really clear about this. Jesus is not, uh, Jesus is not spiritualizing. Jesus is not endorsing. Jesus is not promoting uh, you abusing yourself. Uh, whenever I was a youth pastor, I worked with teenagers for, for several years. I had some teenagers who struggled with things like, like cutting themselves. I had some teenagers who struggled with some of those things where they would abuse their bodies. Jesus is not, whenever Jesus says deny self, he is not saying, hey, you need to abuse yourself, all right? We understand that. Uh, so let's get into what does this mean? This is a pretty radical statement. Because a lot of times we think that Jesus promises us, we think that Jesus promises us, hey, if you'll follow me, if you'll be a Christian, if you'll be a follower of Jesus, then Jesus will give you health, uh, Jesus will give you wealth, uh, Jesus will make your life easy. And something that we've already seen up to this point is that's not always the case. Uh, Believers don't have a life that's always easier than anybody else's life. But we see that Jesus is with us even through our struggles. And he says, you need to deny yourself. Here's what Jesus is saying. Here's the first condition. The first condition is that we abandon self-idolatry. To abandon self-idolatry. If I'm the center of my own universe, if, if I'm narcissistic, if, I, if everything has to revolve around me, uh, then I am idolizing. I'm putting myself in first place in a place where only God belongs. And he's saying, hey, if you're going to deny yourself, then you've got to quit worshiping yourself is what he's saying. Uh, you've got to stop making yourself the center of your own universe. You've got to uh, put God first. You've got to put Jesus first. You've got to put others first. We have to love Jesus and love like Jesus. That's what he's calling us to, not to, not to worship, not to idolize ourselves, uh, but to put him first and follow him. Uh, I've learned the, the most probably in my own personal life about self-denial. Uh, I learned the most about that whenever I became a parent. Uh, that, how many of you are parents uh, in the room? I'm just curious, how many of you are parents? If you're a parent online, let us know. But I learned the most about that. So I have a baby boy, his name is Witten, and Witten was born about eight weeks ago, and I've learned a lot about self-denial over the past eight weeks. You know, nobody wants to wake up at two o'clock in the morning uh, to change a dirty diaper. Nobody wants to do that unless uh, there's, there's just gotta be something wrong if you just if you enjoy, do that, enjoy doing that. The only people that I know that enjoy changing dirty diapers are grandmas. So uh, that's the only, those are the only people. But uh, once that's happened, uh, since I became a dad, I've learned something a little bit about self-denial. It's putting my kids, uh, my kids' needs before my own. Uh, it's whenever my kids say, Daddy, can I have a drink of your shake? I want to say, leave me alone. I want, this is my life. I want my shake. Uh, but it's putting them first. If we're going to watch a family movie, my first pick would not be a Disney princess movie. But I've got two girls, so we end up watching some Disney princess movies. It's, it's not about me. It's about, for me, it's uh, as a dad, hey, I want to put my kids first. Uh, I want to I love my kids. And could I just give a challenge to parents, especially with parents of kids at home right now, the, the most important way that we deny ourselves in our kids' lives is by going the extra mile to teach them to love Jesus. Uh, it's not easy, especially after, uh, after working. It's not easy, uh, especially after uh, whenever you're tired, but to teach them, to invest in them, uh, teach them about your God. So let me ask you this question. Whenever Jesus says to deny self, not to worship yourself, not to idolize yourself, but to put him first, how are you doing with that? 
How, how, how am I doing with that? I, I ask these questions just to help me uh, gauge how I'm doing with that. Uh, I ask this question, what has my affections? Uh, what, what do I love? What, what consumes the thoughts of my mind? If it's all about myself and my comfort, then I'm probably not denying myself. But if my thoughts, my affections, what gets me excited, what, wait, what gets me up in the morning is uh, Jesus, if it's others, then maybe we're doing a better job of denying ourselves. What am I passionate about? What do I invest my time in? What do I invest my giftings in? What do I invest uh, my resources, my finances in? If I'm denying myself and loving Jesus, uh, that he leads us in that. We need to deny ourselves. The second condition that he gives uh, is to take up our cross, to take up your cross. Now, for, for us in 21st century America, we oftentimes, when we think of a cross, we think of jewelry. Uh, maybe you've seen someone with a necklace with a cross on it. Maybe you've seen a bracelet uh, with a cross on it. And, and a lot of people don't even know what the origin of that is, what that, what that cross is. But whenever Jesus says to take up your cross, whenever he said those words 2,000 years ago, his audience wasn't thinking, all right, I got to put on my cross necklace this morning. They were thinking something entirely different. Uh, the cross was an invention that was made several hundred years before the life of Jesus. Uh, that was perfected by the Romans in Jesus' day to, in, to, uh, to inflict as much pain and shame on a person as possible. A cross was uh, something, it was, uh, we get the word excruciating. If you talk about excruciating pain, that word comes from, that, mean, that word means from the cross, out of the cross. The cross was uh, uh, it was uh, the shape of a, of a T. It was a piece of wood where someone was nailed to it. I did some reading on, on the cross and what the effects the cross had on the body. And uh, I believe it was in the 1940s or 19, in the 1900s, some German researchers got a group of volunteers who got on a cross, who were tied to a cross. They weren't nailed there. They were tied there. And after six minutes, uh, they had trouble breathing. Uh, their blood pressure dropped. Uh, their, their organs started uh, malfunctioning. And a lot of people, whenever, whenever time, when people were nailed to a cross, uh, they would die of either asphyxiation where they couldn't breathe or their organs would shut down or their heart would give out when they were nailed to a cross. Beyond that, a, cro a person who was crucified, a person who was nailed to a cross, uh, they, it was reserved for only the worst criminals out there. It was for people who would uh, desert. It was for deserters, thieves, murderers. It was uh, to inflict shame. If you were going to be crucified, you were stripped completely naked and nailed to a cross in a public setting for everyone to see. And here in our text, Jesus says to this crowd who's, who's coming in on a conversation with Jesus's disciples, and Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, then you have to take up uh, a thief's cross. Uh, you have to take up the shameful, painful, excruciating cross. Now, why is that? Why would Jesus, uh, why would Jesus tell us that if we're going to take up our cross, if we're going to follow him, we have to take up a cross? Why would he say that? Why would he say to take up a cross? And the answer to that is because if we're going to follow Jesus, that's what Jesus did. For you and for me, from your sin and from my sin, to take away our sin, our guilt, our shame, Jesus 
took up his cross. He took up a literal cross and died a literal death to pay for your sins and to pay for my sins. And he says, if you're going to follow me, hey, the world hated me, the world despised me. And listen, if we're going to follow Jesus, that means that uh, things aren't always going to be easy. Things are going to be difficult. We may uh, be despised. It may mean, uh, it may mean, and it has meant for many people, uh, loss of some relationships. And all over the world, even today, people give up their lives for the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ, to identify with him. People kill people just for loving Jesus. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you have to be willing to take up your cross. Over the course of my life, I, I grew up in church, and I would hear that saying, I, I, this is just my cross to bear. I've heard that saying, and to me, what's sad or humorous is that a lot of times, those, uh, the, the, I've got to bear my cross had to do with, uh, taking out trash. This is my cross to bear, uh, playing, playing with kids up. That's my cross to bear. Uh, I have a cold today up. That's my cross to bear. But whenever I look at this cross, that's not, it's not a common cold. Uh, it's not, it's not doing something that I don't like to, it's, it's an embrace of Jesus above all else. It's embracing Jesus above all else. And then here's his third condition. He says, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. I'm not following myself. I'm not following what I want. I'm following Jesus. Take up his cross. And then it says, and follow me. Uh, Pastor Alistair Begg said about this text that if you fulfill those first two requirements to deny yourself and take up your cross, that is following Jesus. It's kind of like it's easier to fill up a glass that's empty than one that's already full. But he says to follow, to follow Jesus. And I love this because at first he says, hey, if you want to follow me, hey, there are those conditions. But he says, hey, follow me. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, I love you. I want you to follow me. There are some difficulties. There are some struggles that come with following Jesus. But he says, hey, come on, follow me. And I love it because whenever I look at this truth, I think, hey, this is impossible. It's impossible for me to deny myself. It is impossible for me to take up my cross. But whenever I look throughout the rest of scripture, here's what I see. I see that, hey, in my own self, I can't do that. But God is with me, helping me do that. He's with me, carrying my cross with me. He's with me uh, in my life, living life through me. And here we see Jesus says, hey, the invitation is open. We just have to understand. What's important for us to understand is that it's not always easy. Take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. So we see those are Jesus' terms and conditions. So that was our first question. What are Jesus' conditions? Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow Jesus. Now let's look at the next, uh, the next question that we should ask of this passage, and this is this. Why should we accept them? Because I hear deny myself, take up a cross. Uh, I don't want to accept that. So, so now let me present to you, let Jesus presents us why we should accept, why we should accept his terms, his conditions. The first truth that we see is in Mark 8, 35, and it's this, that the trade, trading myself for Jesus is worth it. The trade is worth it. In verse 35, he says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. 
Whosoever will, uh, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So he starts talking about this trade. You, you trade in, you give up yourself to Jesus and he gives you himself. And that trade is definitely worth it. There was a study that was done, um, I believe in the 1970s, there was a study that was done on kids, children's ability to delay uh, their own gratification, to be patient. So in this setting, in this test, they sat a group of kids down and they gave them, uh, they gave them marshmallows. In another test, they did it, they gave them cookies. And they said, all right, you sit at this table and here's a cookie for you or here's a marshmallow for you. And you get one cookie or you get one marshmallow. And if you can sit here for 15 minutes and you don't touch that cookie or that marshmallow, then whenever we come back, then you'll get more cookies. You'll get more marshmallows. So the question was, could those kids wait 15 minutes for more cookies? And uh, they did the test and some kids waited uh, and some kids couldn't wait. And what they found later was that for the kids that did wait, uh, it usually reflected, a lot of times it reflected better in, in scores in high school. Like these were like five-year-old kids. Whenever they grew up, they usually had a little bit more success when they were growing up because they were able to have a big picture in view. Uh, I learned, I've learned this, this statement about discipline. Discipline is choosing what I want most over what I want now. Uh, and here Jesus is saying, hey, listen, why would you make this choice? Because the trade is worth it. Because he's saying, hey, listen, there is eternity to think about. There is something that will happen to every single person's soul after we die. After you die, after I die, we will spend eternity somewhere. Every single person will spend eternity somewhere. They will spend it forever in the presence of Jesus with God in a place that the Bible calls heaven, or it's going to be in a place separated from God forever in a place that the Bible calls hell. It's one of those two places. And I have a choice. I can either, uh, I can either make my decisions for right here, for right now, for what I want, placing myself first, and I can play now and pay forever, or I can choose Jesus now and enjoy forever. And that trade is totally worth it. There was a man who said, hey, a, a man who is no fool, who will give what he cannot keep in exchange for what he cannot lose. And listen, we can't, we can't keep our lives no matter how much we work out, no matter how well you eat, uh, none of us will live forever. But all of us will spend eternity somewhere forever. So am I going to live for right here, for right now, or am I going to live for eternity? The trade is worth it. Matt Chandler, he said this, everything we own, its future home is a dump. Everything that we own, no matter how nice it is or no matter how, uh, no matter how uh, not nice it is, I don't know if that's the best way to say that, uh, but everything will end up in a dump somewhere, someday. But our soul, our relationship with Jesus lasts forever. So living for him today is worth it. And then the final thing, the final truth that I want us to notice is that Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Jesus gets really personal in verse number 38. In verse 38, he says this, Whosoever, therefore, 
So in light of what I've told you, you've got to choose. You, what are you going to do with Jesus? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Here is the question. Here's what Jesus presents. Jesus says, hey, you have a choice to make. You can either choose to follow me or not. But someday we will all stand before God. Someday we will all stand before God. And we're going to have to answer this question. What did I do with Jesus? And I think, you know, Jesus is asking for stuff that's pretty big. To deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to choose him above everything else. That's a big ask. But whenever I think about that, whenever I think about what Jesus has, when it, what Jesus requires of me, what Jesus asks of you, I think, hey, can that really be worth it? But then I think, hey, that's exactly what Jesus did. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And here is what Jesus did. Jesus, God, from eternity past all the way through eternity future, who sat at the right, who sat on his throne in heaven. He gave all of that up and he was beaten and he suffered and he bled and he was crucified uh, where he hung on that cross for hours after being tried, being, being beaten and being despised and being, uh, being just his body being destroyed all night. He then hung on a cross for you and for me. And whenever he asks us to deny ourselves, he is not asking us to do anything that he has not already done for us. And whenever we choose Jesus, he says, hey, whenever you choose to follow me, you also get a relationship with me. And that is worth it. The fact that Jesus, the son of God, came to be a man to have a relationship with you. Choosing him is worth it, no matter the cost. So if everyone, if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. We're not going to be, we're not going to be weird or anything like that, but just for a moment to, to pause, to reflect on the message of what we've heard uh, and to respond to what God has spoken to our hearts. This message that Jesus calls us to, he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. And the basis for that, the reason why we can follow him is because Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. We say, David, I have never, I've never received this before. I've never trusted Jesus before as my Savior. But I would like to today. I would like to choose to follow Jesus. I would like to choose to trust Jesus. I want to give Jesus myself. If you would, if you, if you would like to make that decision, whether here or online, if you'd like to make that decision, then from your heart, this isn't, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'd like to invite you to pray along with me if you'd like to make the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior. And it's not the words that I say, it's something that comes from your heart. But if you mean it with your heart, you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins, that he is God who takes away our sins because of his death and because of his resurrection, then pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and that without you, 
uh, I am doomed to spend eternity without you in hell. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried and that you rose again to pay for my sins. Jesus, please forgive my sin and be my savior. I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. If you made the decision to trust Jesus as your savior, there is no better decision that any person can make. In fact, the Bible says that when we trust Jesus, we are made a child of God. Uh, we become a part of his family, and we are so excited if you made the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior today. If you did, if you did online, uh, please let us know in a direct message. Just say, I prayed that prayer with Pastor David. Uh, if you're here in person, please let us know that, and we'd love to connect with you and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus as you seek to follow him. We're so thankful for all that God, is, all that God has done in your life today. I'm like really excited about next week. Next week, we are going to see Jesus in his glory in Mark chapter 9 as we wrap up our sermon series, Fake Jesus, where we're going to be debunking myths about Jesus. I'd like to invite you to come back, bring a friend, uh, or bring a lot of friends. Uh, join us online. We're so thankful for all that God is doing in your life. If there's anything that we can do for you, please let us know. If you, if you have a prayer request, please go to the newlife.church. Uh, there's a connection card there. You can let us, you can share prayer requests with us. We'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to get to know us, please fill out that connection card. We'd love to serve you. Uh, and if you're interested in partnering with what God is doing at New Life through your giving, uh, then you can do so at on our website at thenewlife.church. Thank you so much for joining us today online and in person. God bless you. Have a great week.